removing pesky root tips. It happens to all of us. It doesn't matter how long or how little you've been practicing. If you're taking out teeth, it's inevitable that you're going to have a tooth that fractures and you're going to struggle. You're going to get on the struggle bus with a root tip and it's going to be contrary and you're going to have a hard time with it and it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be unpleasant for your patient. It's going to make you nervous and it happens to all of us. It doesn't make us bad at what we do. It's just the reality in which we live if we're taking out teeth and in any capacity. It's happened to me and it still happens to me and I've been doing this for 25 years. The question is, is how do we manage these things when it happens? What, what are some of the keys to dealing with root tips that become difficult to retrieve? And that's what I want to talk about today. And I think the first step is a step back and talking about recognizing the potential to have this happen to us. That way we can prepare ourselves with equipment, with mindset, and we can prepare our patients, letting them know that this is a likely occurrence and that this could be a challenge. And when I say recognize root tips that could be difficult, I first think automatically two scenarios. When you know the patient comes in, they have root tips throughout the entire dentition. They're black, they're decayed, they're right at the gum line. Do a radiograph, do a panorax, you see that a lot of them have radiolucencies around the roots. A lot of them are just hanging out in soft tissue. So that's the first recognition that I want to talk about. Those are typically very easy to remove. They usually come out with very little difficulty. You can take a forcep. I prefer a side cutting rongeur. You can grasp those things. You can pop those things out pretty fast, pretty quick without any difficulty. So those soft tissue retained root tips, go for it, no problem. But then you have the hard tissue root tip or the potential hard tissue root tip, which is a different beast in and of itself. And some of the things that you look for that and none of this is new to you. This is things that I think through in my head when I'm looking at radiographs and looking at surgical situations or cases, trying to decide which way I'm going to go with it and how I'm going to prepare for it, and what potential for me to have complications are, or difficulties. So the first thing is pretty straightforward. Is the tooth, the root itself, is it curved? Is it, is it dilacerated? Does it look like it's going to be a pain in the ass on the x-ray? Those are pretty simple ones right there. You know it's going to break before it breaks. You can show it to the patient. The patient can visualize it on an x-ray in front of them and go, oh yeah, that thing's got a curved root. That doesn't look like it's going to be easy to get out. So we know right away, this is one that's going to potentially break. It's a very high probability and we're going to have to deal with it. And that's a question you have to ask yourself then. Do I want to do this or am I going to give this to somebody else to do? And either way, it's fine. Whatever you choose to do is up to you. Then another thing I look at is have these roots or has this tooth had a previous root canal? And I don't care if the roots are straight. Have they had a root canal on this tooth? And if there has been previous endodontic treatment for that tooth, how long ago has that been? Has it been six months? 
Has it been 16 years? Does it have silver point endo from ages ago? Does it does it have very, very small feel or is it overfilled? So those are the things that I also look for because they play a role in whether or not this tooth's going to break, this root's going to break when I go to remove it. And those are some of the most painful cases in my mind is dealing with these extractions of endodontically treated teeth. Does the root itself have a current fracture? If it's had a root canal, maybe it's fractured now. And you can see the clinical and radiographic signs of, of bone loss on a vertical fracture of a root. You know it's, know it's fractured. Sometimes they're hard to see on radiographs or CT scans, but you know the tooth's already broken. The root's already broken. So it's just a matter of where and to what extent and what's going to be left behind that we're going to have to deal with after we get in there and get the majority of the tooth out and there's a root tip remaining. Does the tooth itself have advanced decay down to the soft tissue or bone level? So really you're dealing with a root that's totally encased in bone versus the soft tissue that we talked about previously. Obviously more difficult, more unpredictable. How's that going to challenge you when you go to take it out? And some come out pretty straightforward. Which tooth is it? Is it a first molar? Is it a second molar or is it a premolar or maybe even a central incisor? They're all different shaped roots. They're all different numbers of roots. And do they have bulbous roots? Is the apex of the root itself wider than the mid body of the root? So you've got this dumbbell looking shape. Those are challenging to take out. And you know that that root tip is not going to come out with the rest of the root because it's more narrow. It's going to break. It's just not going to deliver. So you're going to have to do something to manage that situation. And all this you can see on x-ray. So you know this in advance and you decide whether or not you're going to challenge it or you're not going to challenge it. And you plan accordingly. What about the PDL space? Does the x-ray show a very well-defined PDL space around the roots of the tooth? or? Is it non-existent? You can't tell where the root starts and the bone stops and vice versa. Again, probably going to be a challenge. And even when you get in there and this thing breaks, trying to figure out where the, where the root is and how you're going to take that out and the word ankylosis comes to mind, is that going to be an issue? Th- these are all factors that we need to take into consideration when we look at x-rays on teeth preoperatively. And another one I'll tell you about that just popped in my mind. Do you have an x-ray where you can see all the way to the apex of the root itself? I get a lot of x-rays that you can see partial roots or part of the root on the x-ray, but you can't see the apex. And that was thing. That was the thing that was drilled in my head when I was a dental student. You don't take out teeth until you can see the apex of the roots of the tooth that you're going to be removing it. Whether it's a three-rooted tooth, two-rooted tooth, or single-rooted tooth, whatever the case, you need to see all the apexes of all the roots involved in that particular tooth. You never know what pathology could be hiding below that, 
and you don't know what the shape of the root tip and the apex of the root could be. So you need to make sure that you've got clear visualization of the apex of all the roots on that tooth. So just some things to talk about in your mind to recognize when you're going to probably have a challenge. And even when all of this is not present, it still happens. Again, it's a pain. So how do we prevent some of this? How do we go into cases and prevent as much of this as possible? And I'll be honest, sometimes I surprise myself in thinking that I am going to have a root fracture and it works out and this thing will deliver and it'll be all crooked as hell. And you look at it and you, you take pictures of it and you show your staff and your surgical team and you show pictures on Facebook of taking this tooth out because I can't believe this thing came out in one piece. But it does sometimes because the bone's pliable and it works and it works out better sometimes than we realize, which is great. And I always say it's better to be lucky and good. It's always be it's always better to be lucky. It's better to be lucky than good. It's always be it's always it's always better to be lucky than good, I say. So prevention, how do we prevent this? I think the first stop on this journey to preventing root tip fractures or root tip removal problems is to make sure that you have good luxation of the tooth itself. So you start with good luxation. Try to get the tooth moving without too much force, no lateral forces, apical forces are preferred. Trying to get the tooth moving as much as possible. And if you can, get it moving as a whole all the way down to the apex. Not always achievable, but definitely something you shoot for. Sometimes you get the tooth moving. If it's a real tough tooth and you're putting a lot of force on it, it's good to just walk away. Just take time, step away from that patient, go do an exam, go to hygiene check, a hygiene patient, go do a procedure, come back a few minutes later. And people go, well, why would you do that? Well, a lot of times, and this is, this is anecdotal, you'll get bleeding in that PDL ligament in that space, and it'll help a little bit to mobilize the tooth and the root. And sometimes they come out a little easier than if you were just trying to crank them out right out the gate, right off the start. So sometimes a little bit of time to allow that to occur will help you keep that root tip from fracturing and to get that tooth to deliver as a, a single unit. And even if it does fracture, you may have enough mobility in that remaining root fragment that it's a little easier to retrieve and it's not just bound to bone and solid as concrete down there. What do we do when it happens, though? So let's say we've done all of these things. We've done everything right and you still have this root tip breaks. Where do you go from there? What do you do? Well, there's a couple things that I keep in mind. So first off, how big a root fragment are we talking about? Is it a large fragment or is it a very small fragment, say a root tip, millimeter or two? That's the first thing that I look at and go, okay, well, what instruments am I going to need? What technique am I going to use here? And ultimately, it comes down to a spacing issue in my mind. So these... Roots are left, they're 
adjacent to the alveolus and you need to make space to get these things moving enough to where you can retrieve them. And when you create space, there's a couple ways that I think about this. You can either take bone away around the remaining root fragment or you can reduce the size of the root itself. So you need to reduce the size of the root tip or you can increase the size of the hole that the root tip's in by removing bone. And I'll go circumdental or all the way around the root with a small round burr to see if I can get that to happen. But before I do that, if it's a large root fragment, I'll use a straight elevator, a periotome, trying to get some space created, trying to get mobility to see if I can do that. If I can do that, a lot of times you can pop these things out. A lot of times you can get enough luxation, enough mobility on them that they'll come out on their own. If that doesn't happen, then you're going to have to go create that space. You're going to have to use that handpiece. You're going to have to use something to remove bone to make space, get some mobility in the root itself. The smaller root tips, um, I find that are the more challenging, obviously. The larger ones, if you can use a straight elevator, a periotome, sometimes you can use an east-west to engage the root and lift it up. You can put purchase points in these larger fragments and lift them out of the alveolus. All of those are tricks that you can use. The root tips that are the smallest and the more challenging ones are the ones that are the ones that I use some tricks with small round burrs and I'll create a little space in the canal, the canal space on that root tip. And I'll spin the handpiece and then I'll let the, the handpiece stop. A lot of times you can get enough friction that you can pull that burr out with the root tip on the end. And I've done that a lot of times. And that's a cool little trick. So first you use a large elevator, small elevator, a periotome. You can purchase point and use an east-west or crier elevator. You can use root tip picks. And I use... I have a large set and a small set. So more, the more fine-tipped ones are for the small root fragments. The larger root, uh, the larger root tip picks are for the larger fragments. So I have sets of those, and they're double-ended in each operatory that we have peel pack. They're at hand whenever we need them. And then I'll go to the small round burr, trying to create a purchase point in the root itself, right in the center, right where the you would do a root canal. And I'll stop that handpiece and I'll lift that thing out. Now, the key to that is making sure that that thing is mobile beforehand. So you may have to create that space around it. And then you use that burr to pull it out. Endophiles. You see this in the literature. You see this in a lot of the groups that we're in, a lot of the forums that we're in, where somebody will show a picture of a root tip on the end of an endophile. And I think that's, that's beautiful. That's a brilliant way of doing it. I think you have to have that mobility. And if you have endophiles, I don't keep them. So I go fall back to that trick with the small round burr on the handpiece. But if you have endophiles and you can use that, that's cool. Please take a picture of it and send it to me. I'd love to see those things. I think it's a cool little trick. But those are just some quick down and dirty tools that you can use to get these root tips out. And sometimes if it's a small fragment, you can leave it and it's okay. Cover with antibiotics, document it, tell the patient and leave it behind. If it's not mobile, 
and there's no current infection around it, it's okay to leave that root fragment behind. I'll tell you a story. I did a CT. Well, I had one of my team members do a CT on me because I was having a little bit of an issue on my left-hand side. So I get the CT and I'm reviewing the CT. I have a root tip that was left behind when I had my wisdom teeth out when I was 17 years old. I had no damn idea about it. It's been sitting there for a long time, folks, and I've never had any issue with it. Didn't even know what it didn't even know it was there. But I was going through the slices and recognized it on the slices, and it's not even real visible on a panorex. So root tips can be left behind. It's not ideal. We like to take the whole tooth out, but it's okay sometimes if it's a small fragment to leave it in place. I cover with antibiotics. I do follow up, make sure, and document it really well. And I think you're good to do that sometimes. A couple, three millimeters, I don't have a problem with it. Especially, especially if the root fragments are near the maxillary sinus floor, that you risk having these things dislodge into the maxillary sinus, which is a different topic for a different day and how to manage that and treat that. Or if you have one that's very close to the superior border of the inferior alveolar canal, the last thing you want to do, and I've seen this, is to push that root tip down into the canal on top of the nerve and potentially create a paresthesia or anesthesia. And trying to go in and retrieve that creates its own set of risk with damage to the nerve or nerve injury. And then finally, the one that I've had happen to me most often, and I've had this, the other two happen in my career, but the one that I have happened most often is working on lower molars and looking at the root tips and pushing them through the lingual plate into the floor of the mouth. That lingual plate's pretty thin. Occasionally you'll get in there and you'll start taking bone around the root tip that remains. You'll start elevating, luxating, pushing, 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 and you'll push this thing over and it'll push right through this thin lingual plate. It'll be in the floor of the mouth. And now you're, what are you going to do now? Well, fortunately, you can go in and you can palpate down the medial mandible and you can push that thing back through with this digital pressure with the fingertip most of the time. And you can retrieve that. And that's what I've been lucky enough to do in the past. Occasionally, you'll have to let the thing fibrose. Sometimes you can just treat it with antibiotics and not have to remove it. Ideally, you'd like to push the thing back through. And that's what I've been able to do in most cases. But I have seen them where we left them behind, cover them with antibiotics. They fibrose, they heal, and no issue. And not super big root tips, obviously, smaller ones. So those are some risks that you can avoid by stopping early and converting this into for lack of a better term, a coronectomy. It's not really a coronectomy because you're leaving root tips. Uh, it's not a coronectomy because you're not just taking off the crown and leaving the roots behind to pr- pr- protect the nerve or a sinus, whatever the case may be. So folks, those are just some quick tips and talk about those pesky root tips that we all deal with. I think the main thing to take away from this is that it happens to all of us, especially if you're taking out teeth. I mean, this happens to all of us because we're taking out teeth. There's no way around it. It's going to happen. And ultimately, being prepared for that, knowing that's going to happen, recognizing, accepting the fact that it's going to happen to all of us and not getting down on ourselves and not beating ourselves up too bad about it is the key to this. And understanding some of the tricks that you can use to recover from it. And sometimes just leaving the root behind is okay. There's no harm in doing so occasionally. 
And I do it. It happens. Uh, my colleagues do it. So if you have any questions regarding this topic or if you have any other tricks that you use, I'd love to hear about them. Russell at oralsurgerysuccess.com. Russell at oralsurgerysuccess.com. Send those my way. I'd love to see what you got going on out there. And if you got something unique or novel, I'll share it on the podcast. And I appreciate you listening in and look forward to talking to you in the next episode. Have a great day.